Atheist Nomads, episode 195, Jehovah's Kingdom. The podcast you're about to listen to includes cursing and talking about hoo-haws. Please be advised. Welcome to another episode of Atheist Nomads. I am Dustin. Joining me as always is Wesley. Hello, everybody. And we have Lauren with us. Yay! Maybe. Let's see how long I last. <laughs> Yeah, last Pretty time tired. she was here for a little while and then disappeared. But that's that's what happens. That's what happens when you're pregnant and nauseous. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Wesley, how are you? Oh, I'm okay, I suppose. Uh, nothing, nothing big going on. Nothing really. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we just had a a nice little potluck with uh, Sam and Becky and a bunch of our friends out here, and you know, it was our not Easter day. Oh, very nice. Know. It was just lots of g- good food and shit. <laughs> That's <laughs> nice. awesome. So, you know. Hey, just because we're atheists doesn't mean we don't like to, like, get together and eat food. Well, in fact, we love to get together and eat food. Yeah, and why okay, not? Yeah, I'm a fatty. Why not eat food when it's a secularized version of a Christianized version of pagan holidays? Where I they all got together holidays. and ate food. Right. And celebrated fertility. <laughs> we had lamb. Oh, uh, yeah. Lamb chops. Which, the whole celebrating fertility type thing, that brings us to Lauren, how are you? I'm pregnant. <laughs> God damn. They didn't warn me about the first trimester. I was expecting all the baddies, baddie stuff to happen in like six months from now, but oh, man. I am exhausted. I am sick. I am tired. I have literally no experience in this area, but I always thought the first trimester was the worst. And that is what I'm finding out, apparently. So it's all downhill from the first trimester. It's all uphill. No, downhill would be easier. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or alternately, it could be it's all downhill as then it's all getting worse. That's what I usually hear (laughs) it as. No, it's all downhill likes from walking here. Uphill. It's all smooth what sailing. Kind of weird fuck. There we go. Yeah, smooth sailing. I'm halfway through the all first right. trimester, so air five. Air five. We just got six six more weeks to go, or so. Yep. And we get our first ultrasound next week. Yep. Ooh. Where fingers crossed, we will find out it's not twins. Oh my god, he's been <laughs> on this. Lauren, he's you planted scared. the idea. I did, but it was just like for me, it was like a whimsical 30 second huh i wonder if we had twins and then oh I, well i'm gonna look at this picture of puppies now where for me it was and two weeks later fuck, it might be twins it might be twins no 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 secretly you want <laughs> twins i can tell no no secretly. We, we'd need a bigger car hey minivan time no <laughs> anyway um uh, we did get uh friends and, and local friends and listeners of the show um, gave us presents yeah. when they found the news. Oh, Congratulatory boy. presents. Oh my god, so sweet. I, I almost cried. Uh, Lauren got a gift certificate for a uh, prenatal massage. Hold on to that oh, one. cool. And I got a uh, got Irish whiskey, Jameson, and a little bit of McKellen. Oh, I shit. also got Burt's Bees pack oh, yes. of, of goodies. And so right now I'm, I'm drinking uh, Jameson. He's double fisting it between Jameson and Rainier. I will get to the Rainier later. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> that just seems gross to me. No, no. I'll Rainier, finish it, Jameson. I mean, shit. Rainier's kind of like an import for you, isn't it? it they yeah, get it, it kind here. kind of is. I mean, we do oh, get it. They usually but it's have it here local. right next to the PBR, and it's usually the same price. And it <laughs> tastes almost identical. But sometimes, especially in the spring, I like the taste of Rainier, at least over PBR. Uh, it, it kind of reminds me of when I would drink it when I lived in Tacoma, and I would step out on my deck, and if it was just the right time of year, the air was just right, and I had just drank a big glass of water, and I went out on my deck, I could taste the fresh grains in that first <laughs> sip while stepping out on my deck to have a cigar and look at Mount Rainier and the ferries heading off to... Ferries aren't real. Shit, which island was that? Uh, Vashon. Vash- uh, yeah, if you're in Vashon. Tacoma. Yep, yep. That was when I lived in in uh, near uh, Point Defiance. Mm. Uh, that was that nice. would have been cool. Yeah. Anyway, don't forget we have the live recording of episode two hundred coming up May twenty. That is just a month away, so we should probably actually schedule a time. 
Uh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> 200 Schedules. minutes. Yeah, so we'll, we will have announced that next week. And so let's go ahead and move on to Dustin Off the Degree. This time we are talking about Jehovah's Kingdom, or what do Jehovah's Witnesses think is the going to happen in the end days? Now, they don't believe in a second coming, per se. <laughs> but Sorry, phrasing. They do believe that we are already <laughs> in the end days, a period that began in October 1914, Mm. When Christ was inaugurated as the king of heaven and kicked Satan out, exiling him to the earth where he could torment humanity, and everything wow. has been absolute hell ever since here. That is what they believe. Uh-huh. That's in Specific. a few people's lifetime still. Yep. Now, wow. the prediction up to 1914 is that Christ would, you know, that it would be Armageddon, October 1914, and Christ would begin <laughs> his rule on earth. And that didn't happen. So, no, the rule was in heaven. Um, that also didn't happen in 1975. Um, and I think there was another time they, they predicted it was going to be in the 20s. But, yeah, yeah. Um, they, they stopped I mean, predicting dates, finally. <laughs> we love it when people mess I, 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 up those dates. I kind of wonder when they actually predicted 1914, because that was actually, like, the start late Mid late in nineteen fourteen is when World War One started. Yeah. Yeah. That part was and if you think about it, if you were in nineteen fourteen, um World War One starting, War. it would have seemed like okay, they might be onto something. And then what happened? The Great Depression. And then what happened? World War Two. And then what happened? The Cold War. But if you actually look at the numbers, life has been getting better. And the world has been getting more functional in every miserable way ever since. Oh, sure. I mean, we got some bumps in the road here and there, but we're yeah. on a, and always have been, on a trending upward yep. direction. And even as bloody as the wars were in the first half of the 20th century, less bloody than the 18th and the 19th <laughs> and the 16th <laughs> and the 15th and the 14th. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, they're, they're. But to to them, um, everything is getting worse. It is all sin and pandemonium and and just horribleness. Uh, all non-JW religious groups are Babylon the Great, or the Harlot of Revelation. And the beast has come, first in the form of the League of Nations, and now oh, yeah. as the United Nations, Nada. representing a counterfeit mm. of God's kingdom. And Babylon the Harlot, of course, rides the beast... So this represents the the image that the false religions headed by the Vatican um, are in control of the UN. Yeah, mm. yeah. Just let that sink in for a moment. Mm. The Vatican, with observer status at the UN, controls it. Obviously. Sure. Well, sure. yeah. Duh. They control everything. Uh, they don't even control any members on the permanent... With the permanent seats on the Security Council. Not openly. <laughs> wink, wink. And But then the beast will destroy the harlot, mm. meaning that the UN will work with all nations to destroy all, all false religions. And then when they turn on the Jehovah's Witnesses, that will start the War of Armageddon. And then God will destroy all earthly governments and all people who are not Christ's true followers. TM. <laughs> And then God will annex Earth into his kingdom, instantly transforming it into a paradise. Oh, boy. <laughs> I was just thinking, isn't Earth already part of God's kingdom? No, it's Satan's kingdom right now. Oh, I see. And God's kingdom is in heaven. And what if the beast eating the harlot was actually literally like a, like a bear attacked a woman <laughs> who was hiking? Or the fever dreams of a crazy person in a prison island. Yeah, that too. Or the fever dreams of a crazy person in his house somewhere, pretending to be a crazy person on a prison island. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so then uh, with Armageddon, Judgment Day begins. But unlike most Christians who believe that Judgment Day is a day, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses believe that it's a thousand-year period where the resurrection is spread out. And as people are raised... They are judged based on their actions post-resurrection. Is that done like alphabetically or? 
I didn't find an answer to that. First come, first served. And then, yeah, but so you're judged based on your actions post-resurrection. So not your actions before that. Mm. And then Christ will, at the end of the millennium, hand his authority back to God. Satan will be released to try to mislead the now perfect humans. And those who fall will be destroyed along with Satan and his angels. And all who remain will be fully tested in the glorified, perfect human race. Oh, this sounds awful. (laughs) At one point, do the lions, the lambs, and the giraffes all live together in peace? Because whenever I see booklets, it's always the animals living together. Cats and dogs living together in harmony. I I don't know. You should see their pamphlets. They're very pretty. Yeah, yeah. They are very Easter colored. Lots of pastels. One thing I definitely found is they do not make it easy to figure out what they believe. Mm. Their website just lists articles that they'd written for the Watchtower magazine. Yeah. They don't have clear, concise, here's what we believe pages like Adventists and Mormons do. Um, It's... You try to piece together little bits and pieces or go to Wikipedia or go to sites that are trying to s- explain why Jehovah's Witnesses are wrong. <laughs> the ex-Jehovah's. Right. And, and for the sake of this series, I don't see any point in pointing out why they are wrong because, no, they're all wrong. <laughs> Even the people who say that Jehovah's Witnesses are wrong are wrong because they're going to be arguing that they're interpreting the Bible wrong. No, you can't interpret Revelation wrong because it is pure insanity. There are 10 million different interpretations of it because it is impossible to actually... It is incomprehensible. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> take a shot there, huh? <laughs> but the, uh, the nice thing is, though, that uh, Jehovah's Witnesses at least have a nice, consistent... Once you actually find the message, it's at least internally consistent and it is concise. Unlike Mormons, where it took two parts to get through it all. And Adventists, where it took two parts to get through it all. At least this time we got to get through it in one. All right. Yeah. Cheers. And uh, that brings us to our first break. Atheist Nomads is proudly brought to you by Archway Hosting. Check out their low price, full featured hosting solutions at archwayhosting.com. That's A-R-C-H-W-A-Y hosting.com. Hey, we're also brought to you by listeners just like you. Find out how you can become a patron at patreon.com forward slash atheist nomads. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash atheist nomads. So, Dustin, did you know that Alex Jones's lawyer says his persona is like all an act? Really? Huh. Yeah. And Alex Jones is basically almost screaming, it's not an act. It's not an act. It's kind of great. Yeah. So uh, right now, uh, Alex Jones has gone through a custody battle. You might remember him. Everybody might remember him from uh, Infowars, that right. lovely site. We played some of him talking about the Super Bowl. Oh, God. we've Yeah, we've talked about this this nutter a few times. And he's not particularly a religious nutter. He's just a nutter. Well, nutter all the way, all the way around. Uh, conspiracy theory. Guy. He he has a religious element to his nuttery, but he, he does, and he is Christian leaning. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, this poor guy. Uh, I mean, what can you really say about him? And his he's going through a child custody battle with his ex wife. And he's trying to get custody of his kids. And, you know, attorney's trying to make it look like this is just all an act so that he can actually get his kids. And Alex Jones is, is ranting as, as usual. It, it's it's sad and beautiful in a way. Yeah. Now, when you look at, at him, he's, yeah, there's obviously an element where he's playing a part for his audience. He's bringing some theatrics to it. And I would imagine in real life, he would probably be an easier person to talk to than how he seems on his program. I think you could get him worked up pretty, pretty quick, even in person. But yeah, I think he would be also weird in person. Very clear based on what he says that he is insane. 
completely oh, yeah. and utterly issues. insane. He he <laughs> has absolutely no concept of reality. Well, well okay, he has know, a concept, but it doesn't match real okay, reality. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, during during the trial, uh, something that that his ex brought up is that when they would go to family therapy, family counseling. He actually like stripped. He basically t- started taking off his clothes during the therapy session, and oh, I don't weird. know why. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's he's off his odd. rocker. He's an odd duck. He sounds like he needs medication. Well, I'd say electroshock therapy, but you know. Eh. Uh, but anyways, uh, interesting tidbit is that the the lawyer, or sorry. The judge on this case basically wanted a media shutdown on this. Didn't want Alex Jones talking about this. Didn't want the wife talking about this. Keep the keep the keep the case in court. So, if the judge somehow finds out that Alex is posting videos about this and you know his case, mm-hmm. then he could be in contempt of court and it'd be really fun. Oh wow! Just a thought. yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't be so lucky. Uh, oh man <laughs> that is awesome but yeah <laughs> oh boy it, it's definitely a, a globalist plot to take him down mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well wasn't he uh sure that if hillary clinton won that he'd be thrown in prison oh yeah 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 <laughs> he's probably a end up bag. there anyway but yeah eventually well i i mean he 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 did a, a very strong dodge and weak apology for the whole Pizzagate thing. Do you remember this guy? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy going into some pathetic little pizzeria, thinking that Hillary Clinton had uh, children that she was trafficking for sex and right. She was running a shit. child prostitution ring in the basement of this pizzeria that did not have a basement. <laughs> Yeah, and Alex Jones is one of the biggest proponents of that old Pizzagate thing. It's a false flag. Yep. <laughs> Obviously. It's all a false flag. Everything is a false flag. It's oh. it's the, the Illuminati's running all of it, including Alex Jones. You heard it here. <laughs> Alex Jones' show is actually run by the Illum- Illuminati. All right. Uh-huh. I'll explain a few things. <laughs> like how Trump listens to every word. <laughs> The North Carolina House had a bill introduced last week that aimed to nullify the 2015 SCOTUS ruling that legalized same-sex marriage, claiming that the Supreme Court overstepped its constitutional bounds by going against the will of God and the people of North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Yes, they said in the bill that they went that the Supreme Court went against God. Okay, then. Sure, yeah. That's the thing. And the North Carolina House Speaker, Tim Moore, has said, actually like the very next day, that the bill is dead on arrival over constitutional concerns. (laughs) (laughs) There's this whole thing called the U.S. Constitution that kind of trumps your belief in God, so, yeah. Don't say Trump. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Let's just say... Supreme Court rulings are supreme over the will of the people of a state. We have a judiciary to help prevent things like the tyranny of the majority. Yeah, a lot of good that's done, by the way. Hey, at least we got same-sex marriage. We'll see how long that lasts. (laughs) I'm skeptical. Oklahoma Senate Bill 393 is the state's seventh attempt to pass the Oklahoma Science Education Act. Mm. That sounds like a good thing that the unreasonable people of Oklahoma are trying to prevent. Uh, No, 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 no. It's a deceptively named bill that would allow public school teachers to challenge scientific facts in class. Uh, We're going over that kind of here in Idaho, too, and it's just leave science standards alone. Yeah. Teachers teach your criteria. You don't have time to teach anything else anyway. You know, and even if they try to go with the whole academic integrity and academic freedom type rules, those apply in college. Not in high school and middle school. High school and middle school, you teach the curriculum so that you know enough facts to go to college. Or, you know, to pass the test. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah. And this stuff usually isn't covered in the test, unless it's an uh, AP class. Yeah. Um, but the bill passed the state Senate 34 to 10. Ugh. And it has received a due pass recommendation by the House General Government Committee. So it's now going before the full House. Mm. This is me wanting to claw someone's eyes out. <laughs> if there's anything we've learned in looking at state legislatures and the crazy stuff they, they do or consider, it's that the House is always crazier than the Senate. <laughs> Well, yeah, there's a lot more nutters in in the ho- in the house. I mean, the Senate you only get a, a like a couple people. Yeah, so Oklahoma, a state that nobody really thinks of when they think of smart, it, they're they're finding new new ways to be even lower than yeah dull. Yeah, I mean, when I think Oklahoma, I, I'm sorry, but I think dull, flat, dry, dusty. I hold out hope that there's a couple cool people there. You know, when I think but of that's about it. When I think of Oklahoma, um, there there's two things that come quickly to mind. One is I feel so sorry for the people on the reservations there that were forced out of their ancestral homelands to live yeah. in that horrible place that nobody wanted. <laughs> and second, why the hell would anybody want to live in the single most tornado stricken place on earth? Because they're storm tracers? Oklahoma gets literally cheap. Like the Oklahoma itself and hard gets to ensure. almost as many tornadoes as the entire rest of the planet combined. Yeah, that's pretty cool, actually. <laughs> Why would you live there? Cheap land. Yeah, cheap land. <laughs> I, and I lots of nothing. construction jobs. <laughs> yeah, um, to fucking rebuild all the great time. Great insurance. Oh, probably a great place jobs. to get a job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of yeah, oil. If you were construction, you got a job twenty four seven. Now, of course, I do recognize that there are people from you know that part of the country who don't find tornadoes all that scary, and they think we're crazy for living next to volcanoes and major major faults. It's not our fault. <laughs> <laughs> I mean volcanoes, yeah, sure, but the plates, the I mean the the, the plates around here are so small. There's so many of them. Uh, uh, tiny, tiny quicks. Cascadia. Huh? The the there's like a, there's like four or five different plates at least down through the the uh, Puget Sound. Right, right, but then there's the Cascadia Fault that will likely destroy the entire coastal part of the Northwest. Mm. Yeah. Before or after Yellowstone blows everything to smithereens. Yellowstone is a once every several million year things type things, whereas the Cascadia Fault is every 400 years, <laughs> and it's due at any time. You wanted to move there. Still moving here. What are you talking about? Compl- earthquakes oh. and volcanoes don't terrify me. Like, wait, did I say tornadoes? Earthquakes and volcanoes yeah. don't terrify me like tornadoes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Don't move to Oklahoma. <laughs> that place is not okay. <laughs> and Wesley, back to you. Yeah. Get it? Get it? That's the mm-hmm. abbreviation for uh-huh. Okay. Yep, I got it. <laughs> it's okay. All right. So, uh, great. Now a nine-year-old boy says an asteroid followed by a nuclear war is coming. Ooh. Okay. There is an asteroid. There's yeah, always well, asteroids. And there will probably be nuclear war. So so he's... <laughs> right. So this is the, yeah. the, the uh, terrified fantasies of a, a child. I'm, I'm sure everybody just ignored this. It was a fever this. dream. Everybody ignored this, right? Well, you'd almost think it was a fever dream. But, uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, uh, if you ever uh, watch Charisma... Uh, there was a a young visionary uh, was highlighted by the author Michael Snyder, and he's the grandson of a woman you might know on YouTube as a daughter of the highest king, uh, who posted a video of the drawing her grandson made on a dry erase board describing his vision. I mean, this is this is the uh, level of what we're talking about, and this gets put into Christian uh, 
media like this. I, I always thought there was um, uh, prof, um, Bible verses talking about prophecies like this that basically you shouldn't trust them and that um, God is basically testing you and you shouldn't pay attention to things like that. Um, actually, what the Bible says is that in the end days, young boys and girls will be prophets. Oh, God. Hmm. They will dream dreams and have visions. It's called an overactive imagination. Yeah. He probably watched <laughs> some B Dr. Strangelove <laughs> and then and, and Armageddon and panicked. Put the two together and it's like, oh, no, this is going to happen. Plus having a grandmother that is willing to take advantage of that. Or maybe he just read the frickin' news, because holy shit. Yeah, there's going to be an asteroid that's going to come within, let's see what they say, five times the distance between the Earth and the moon. Well, so that's, that's fairly close. close. Five times the distance sure. or one-fifth the distance? Five times the distance. Okay. Of the Earth and the moon. So so Earth way moon, out there, boop, actually. Close. It's relatively close. It's in close. the neighborhood, it's, and it's closer sure. than most asteroids. Hmm. But, you know, this is coming from... No, one-fifth, that would be where it's screwed. (laughs) One-fifth would be, like, you know, butthole-clenching time. Uh, But, you know, this this Snyder guy, though, he is known, like, his his blog, he's got one called The Economic Collapse. Uh, It's totally full of ads for uh, doomsday preppers, uh, kind of stuff like uh, right-wing nutty... uh, former kind of pastor still uh, jim baker still has okay so so i mean this is kind of right up his alley oh boy but to be fair when you look at the news right now yeah nuclear warfare does not it's not off the table no trump has not uh, has said several times at least that it's not off the table and North Korea is threatening to use their nukes and are actively trying to get the capability of hitting places like Berlin, Paris, Seattle. <laughs> not Boise. Probably well, not Snyder, Boise. Yeah. Snyder did go on uh, writing, though. That he believes that the boy's vision was actually, quote, from the Lord because it fits a description in the biblical book of Revelation and is similar to more than 100 dreams and visions of asteroids hitting the Atlantic that he and his wife have been collecting. So uh, apparently, I don't know. How do you go about like collecting the, the dreams of children and mad people? (laughs) Unless you have a a sorcerer's wand that, you know, can pull those dreams out of the little kids heads. Well, if he has anything to do with charisma news, then, Oh yeah. He'd be getting that all the time because the whole point of, Charisma is the whole charismatic thing where you are constantly talking to God and God is constantly talking back. I was kind of thinking about Dumbledore pulling out dreams with with his wand. No, this is this is not actually that surprising. It's not that cool either. No, he's not Dumbledore. Nor a cool D and D player. (laughs) All right, let's. Take our second break. We love hearing from our listeners. You can email us at contact at atheistnomads.com. Tweet us at atheistnomads. Send us a message on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash atheistnomads. Or better yet, call us and leave us a message at 541-203-0666. We might even play it on the show. You can also help us out by leaving us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or your podcast directory of choice. The court had no doubt... That Mr. Viejo is an extraordinary man, but great men sometimes do bad things. This is what Utah's 4th District Court Judge Thomas Lowe said during the sentencing of former LDS Bishop Keith Viejo, who was then sentenced to 5 years to life for rape and 1 to 15 years for 10 counts of forcible sexual abuse. Jesus. And this was also all while one of his victims was present. Neither of these men are, quote, good men. No. Fuck you both. No. No, that's awful. And the judge has absolutely no business whatsoever saying that this guy's a great man. And then that, that it just makes you question, you know, did, did he lighten the sentence? Did he 
as I recall, I mean, he gave special consideration to the defense earlier in the case also. Yeah. Uh, sentencing, I mean, good or bad, good or ill, the, the judge shouldn't be saying one thing or another about the person. He should just, the judge should be like, here's your sentence. Mm-hmm. Go the fuck off to jail. If anything, it should be, you should feel really bad about what you did. You are a terrible person. <laughs> not, not, you're an extraordinarily good man who did something bad. No, no. Fuck you, little kid. And I'm guessing based on the range in these sentences that these are probably mm. like the actual statutory requirements. Hmm. Uh, but the sentences are all concurrent. So the one to 15 years for the 10 counts of forcible sexual abuse, those are com- that's completely irrelevant. It's the five years to life for rape, which probably means five years. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Granted, that will be up to the parole board, but this is Utah. So the parole board will probably say, oh, former bishop, um, have you been uh, doing good Mormon things here? Okay, you're, uh, have you gotten restored to the priesthood? Yep, okay, you are out. Yep. Go and sin mm. no more. Or, you know, get right back to it. Go and sin no more, wink, wink. Wink, wink. <laughs> nudge, nudge. Yeah. Ah, fuck. It, it pisses me off when, oh, it just pisses me off. Well, fucking another religious person getting a blatant special treatment. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. It just hits closer to home because we live right in the area that all these people are like, yeah, the judge did a good thing. Well, I mean, at least you're not like uh, Bill O'Reilly's attorney blaming Fox News personalities, uh, his his woes on a vast left wing conspiracy. So, you know, it's, that's good. OK, that's true. There's no conspiracy here. A little bit of one, maybe a little bit, but <laughs> I wouldn't say a conspiracy as much as the system that is Utah. Yeah. <laughs> Mormons. And and Mormons are, they are really good at seeming Abusing more powerful people? than they are <laughs> because they, they, like we talked about when we had uh, Mary Cole here, um, they encourage their people to be very out, open, and in the public and to be highly visible and that's why ex-Mormons are so visible trying to make up for lost time. But when you live <laughs> in a place like Boise, less than one of one in five people in Boise is Mormon. They're not the largest religious group here. There are more Catholics and almost as many Baptists as there are Mormons in Boise. Hmm. But you wouldn't guess that looking around. They're not the largest religious group in Idaho. But you wouldn't be able to tell that looking at the state legislature. <laughs> and in Utah, they actually are a majority, which means they have complete control, not almost complete control like they do here. Mm. Ah, okay. Uh, <laughs> what do you got on this next one? Well, uh, E.W. Jackson says religion is one of the most dangerous things in the world. Uh, Hooray! Yay. I totally agree with him. But then he follows follows up with, uh, but Christianity is not a religion. It's reality. <laughs> There's a secret Holy I have shit. that I need to tell this person. Guess what? <laughs> I mean, he didn't even come out with the wussy way of saying that, you know, Christianity is a philosophy, just a fucking reality. What? Huh? <laughs> There's no proof. Oh my God. Actually, it's but, uh, more than just yeah. there's no proof. Christianity makes, especially conservative Christianity like he has, makes very specific factual claims that are easily and have been thoroughly falsified. So it's not even there's no proof. There is active proof that it is false, not reality. <laughs> well, A false reality is still reality. The, the only case where you can say there's no proof is when you start getting to the, the really soft Christianity like... Uh, the Episcopals. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to like quote him real quick and then 
uh, get to the meat of what his uh, report was that he was actually kind of edging around before he said this weird ass shit. So he, he says in full religion is one of the most dangerous things in the world. Religion is now some people say exactly. That's why Christianity is so dangerous. Christianity is a Christianity is not a religion. Folks. Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a relationship of God's people with him as father, Jesus as Lord. It is a living relationship. We are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, and we live and breathe and have our being in him. It's not religion. It's reality. No, oh, that's so much worse. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the reason he brought this up in the first place is because there is a, a white bread cracker dude that was born in Georgia. He became a Muslim, moved to Minneapolis, I believe it was. Yeah, Minneapolis. And is kind of driving around being uh, a little Sharia cop. It's kind of weird. But, uh, yeah, I mean, granted, this dude has some some mental issues. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally, because, you know, he uh, got in trouble for threatening people. He's uh, had some other issues around town. Uh, He... uh, Got his, uh, thankfully, he got a uh, handgun, a concealed carry permit denied. Uh, challenged that and still got it turned down. But, uh, yeah, but yeah, Christians um, have their own nutters like that. We had somebody in, in Grant's Pass, he went to one of the Adventist, other Adventist churches in town. Uh, I think he was in his 80s and drove around in a motorhome that was <laughs> plastered with the end is near. And his biggest thing, $1 million reward for anyone that can show in the Bible where the Sabbath was changed to Sunday. <laughs> but the entirety of this motorhome was covered in religious messages, and he would drive around town spreading this message and handing people flyers saying, prove to me that Sunday's the Sabbath from the Bible. Oh, that's so sad. Oh, if you think that's <laughs> bad. Um, in our church was his daughter who was in her fifties and I went to school with his son Oh, and his grandson. He had a, a habit as uh, his wives would leave him of going down to central America and getting a new 20 something year old wife. Oh, that's nice. Did that time after time after time. Yeah. That's just, I like that song. (laughs) Anyway, we aren't talking about about Vern Wells. We are talking about um, Jackson and and this Muslim convert. Yeah. So, yeah, goodness. I mean, there's not much to it. I mean... I can see where the guy's coming from, saying that religion is a danger. Sure. Okay, I get that. I'm totally with him up to that point. (laughs) It's the rest (laughs) of it that I have a hard time following. It's the, don't you see that you're... Yeah. Doing the same I'm gonna thing. I'm gonna assume that most Muslims believe that they have a personal relationship with uh, well Allah and very much so well, no Muslims do not have a relationship with Allah they submit oh. and they are right you ask any well, Muslim and they are absolutely right and Islam is reality yeah sure okay I'll give you that yeah <laughs> I'll I'll bet you they think uh like Mohammed's their bro. <laughs> yeah, just you know, he's a, he's a good guy. He's real. He was real. No, he, he you know what? He never died. It, it, oh, that's right. Huh? He he rode a flying horse from Jerusalem. That's right. I guess uh, you can actually see the hoof print of the horse kicking off in the uh, temple. What is it? Um, it's the the Dome of the Rock. The dome, is, dome of the Rock. Yeah. Yeah. They're on top of, of the Temple Mount. Yeah. That's stupid. But, uh, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> they, and they won't let non-Muslims get in. Naturally. So if you want to be... I touched the Dome of the Rock. Oh, wow. None of the guards saw. I, I made sure of it, but I touched the outside <laughs> wall. But, yeah, they wouldn't let me actually in. Well, I mean, <laughs> if you want to 
be pedantic about it. I mean, at least Muhammad is in a discernible time period. He, he's it's it's a lot more. It's a much more possible that he was real versus Jesus being mm-hmm. real. Yes, just a thought. If there's any religious people, you know, listening, which you shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, polls keep reporting that about ten percent of Americans don't believe in God. Hmm. They usually also, and it's anywhere from nine to eleven percent, depending on the poll, and they usually have about three percent actually identifying as atheists. Despite the fact that if you don't believe in God, you are an atheist. <laughs> uh, but the, the pollsters, of course, don't correct people on that. Um, and this seemed suspect to Will Gervais and Maxine Nagel, Nagel, one of those, um, psychologists from the University of Kentucky. And they suspected that due to the social stigma against atheists, people would be uncomfortable answering the question honestly. So the answer was science. Mm. They created two surveys. With statements like, I'm a vegetarian, and I own a dog. And then the respondents were to write down the number of statements that were true for them. 1,000 hmm. people were in the control group, and 1,000 people got the same survey with one additional statement. I believe in God. Hmm. Now, the researchers acknowledge that there is a very, very high margin of error with this type of survey, since they are not directly measuring the number of people who don't believe in God, they are indirectly measuring it, but comparing the answers, they estimate that about 26% of Americans don't believe in God. Hmm. I'm wondering if they did this around the University of Kentucky. They mailed out the surveys. Hmm. Okay, but mailed where? That detail isn't in the article. Because if it was around Kentucky... And 26% of Kentuckians answered, <laughs> I don't believe in God, then I would think nationally it, it's probably up closer to 50% because Kentucky, I, I, I would believe, is much more of a God-fearing state than most. Um, the statement as to where they sent it, they sent a nationally representative poll to 2,000 Americans who All were right. randomly assigned to two conditions. Darn. All right. Still Never pretty mind. small. Um, it, it is small survey but yeah interesting it's just it's nice to see somebody not take other polls at face value but yeah. actually question the legitimacy of those polls mm-hmm. so yeah i'm all for that now the author of the article on vox that we got this from um did actually reach out to some of the pollsters hmm. uh someone from pew has a hard time believing this because <laughs> they get similar results whether it's on the phone or online Hmm. And he thinks that if they're unlikely to say they're atheists over the phone, then they'd be at least slightly more likely to put it into a computer. One thing, though, that the actual researchers point out, though, is a lot of atheists even have a negative stigma in their mind about atheists. Yeah. Yeah, those damn atheists. There are atheists Hmm. who are less likely to trust atheists than believers. (laughs) And wow, heck, if I look on Facebook, I mean, we're trying to turn that around, but I, I see where they're coming from. It's hard to not to sometimes. If I look around on Facebook right now, I, ah, uh, people <laughs> don't take yourselves so seriously. <laughs> You're asking the impossible. Please, please. If somebody disagrees with you, that's okay. It is perfectly fine for someone to not agree with you on 100% of topics. And if somebody has a slightly different viewpoint, even if you think they are horribly, horribly wrong, if they agree with you 90% of the time or 99% of the time, that is not your enemy. That is your friend. Hold on, Dustin, Wesley. I've got to... Somebody on the internet is wrong somewhere. I've got to go fix that. Well... I was also going to say, mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. You know, don't let them pick guitars or drive them old trucks. Let them be doctors and lawyers and such. I don't get the reference. It's a song. Oh. Willie Nelson. Oh, my mom would be so disappointed in me right now. Yeah. Mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. Okay, that's good. That's great. That's enough Willie Nelson for now. (laughs) Forever. 
And <laughs> finally, we have a uh, study published in the Annals of Internal Medicine. In, uh, annals. Yep. In February, found that long-term nicotine replacement therapy and e-cig users had much lower levels of measured carcinogens and toxins compared with smokers. And duh, duh yeah. Uh, and, and in fact, the numbers are anywhere from 2.9 to 43% or up to 44% of the level found in, in smokers. So significantly lower. Um, but most of the reporting about this has been looking at that absolute risk and why obviously vaping is bad. <laughs> However, well, for one, nobody, at least nobody should be saying that vaping is safe. It is about harm reduction. It is about being less bad than smoking and keeping you off of cigarettes so that you reduce the level of harm and the level of bad. But when you compare the results of this study with one from 2012 that looked at these same volatiles and compared smokers and non-smokers, the levels for vapors are almost as low as for the non-smokers, and in some cases, Hmm. lower. Damn. The lower one, that seems like a anomaly, um, <laughs> but we're talking for acretolin, uh, 33% for vapors, 26% for non-smokers. For uh, acrylamide, 43% for vapors, 42% for smokers or non-smokers. Um, we're talking very similar numbers, and the ones that seem really high, no, that's, that's normal. <laughs> that is normal. And that's why I've always thought that with, with vaping studies and so many of the studies that are out there are complete shit and not for the reasons that people who are suspicious of vaping think they are to have it be an effective study. You need to be look, you need to have two control groups. You need to have smokers to see what is the, is it, is it harm reduction or not? And you need to have non-smokers, non-vapers to see what is the actual absolute risk. And unless you're doing both of those, you're not presenting a very effective uh, picture on actual risk. All right. His soapbox is done now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's <laughs> just giving you crap. No, hey. Uh, I know I shouldn't have, but yeah, even I vaped for a while because it fucking tasted good. Yeah, I yelled at you for it. Yeah, but it still tasted good. <laughs> and, I, you know, it's during those early days, you know, making sure, helping, giving MJ a little bit of support. Uh-huh. And you helped her get off cigarettes. Yeah. And that's huge. And that's so, good. So, yeah, don't ever regret that. No, totally. Nope. And I am actually on one of my last few uh, nicotine level reductions right now. Yeah, on a three or something? On my... Direct lung tank, I'm down to two. Wow. And on my mouth to lungs, I'm in the process of dropping them from nine to six. Hmm. Okay, so you still do mouth hits like a smoker? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Most of the time. Most of the time, really? Uh Uh-huh. Huh. I actually still generally prefer that. Huh. Depends on the time of day, I guess. And yeah, time of day is definitely a big factor. Uh Morning and evening, I prefer mouth to lung. Middle of the day, I prefer direct lung. Just sounds dirty. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And for those of you who aren't familiar with these terms, it's the difference between drawing it into your mouth like a cigarette and then inhaling, or just inhaling it direct. Uh, Think of of, uh, sucking on a, a chocolate shake. You, ha- you have to, like, pull it into your mouth and then swallow it uh, versus just breathing in normally. Yeah. Now, the difference between mouth to lung and direct lung in terms of nicotine level, um, the direct lung, you're getting really about three times as much vapor as you are from mouth to lung, Yeah. which means you're getting about three times as much nicotine if the levels were the same. So the six and two are actually about comparable. Hmm. So I'll probably do one more drop and then start trying uh, zero, Nick. Sweet. Yeah. I have a goal of, of being off of it by the time the baby comes. Cool. 
Of course, now I'm stuck still, on chocolate still vaping milkshakes. You're going to still vape just because flavor? Uh, the goal is no. Okay. He needs to replace the habit with something else. Hopefully something healthy, like going outside and going for a walk. Yeah. Chewing nervously on carrots. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, yeah, so that'll be the interesting part. Chewing is, gum. Realistically, <laughs> the, the addiction is probably gone at this point, or very close to it. It will be replacing the habit is going to be the tricky part. Yeah, chewing gum. I know my father uh, took up shredding toothpicks. Yeah, I, yeah. And I can't do gum because of my jaw. Hmm. If I chew gum more than like once every couple months, it starts to really hurt. Really? Yeah. Well, work it out. Uh, it's, so, a, it's a jaw alignment problem. Uh, yeah. Hmm. All right. Fair enough. Anyway, the details of my mouth are probably not of interest to our listeners. Um, we have no feedback, I think. Yeah. No new supporters. I know that one for sure. Oh. Yeah. And I made it through a whole episode. Uh, yes. Air Hooray. five again. Air five. And uh, I'm going to go to bed. All right. All right. I'll tell you what. If we get a new supporter between now and our recording of the next show i will post pictures of my cat wally our cat wally in the in the uh, dishwasher because he jumped in there of his own accord it was kind of cute <laughs> just hanging out in the dishwasher <laughs> all right wally yeah that's my boy. and i'll post the really awesome picture of bucky or corgi uh carrying a stick that was bigger than him <laughs> yes it was, yeah. It's awesome. Awesome. <laughs> anyway, um, that's it for this week. Just remember, not all those who wander are lost. Thank you for listening to another episode of Atheist Nomads. You can find show notes and contact information at atheistnomads.com. Follow us on Twitter at Atheist Nomads. And like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash atheistnomads. Please subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your podcatcher of choice. And while you're there, feel free to leave us a review. Theme music is courtesy of Sturdy Fred. Until next time, this has been The Atheist Nomads.